I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, send me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. <laughs> the news around the National Football League. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We don't have uh, a topic today because it's all news, all all free agency. We have so much to talk (laughs) about. I have no idea how long this will be because I have it broken down into teams and different things, Mm -hmm. and holy crap, I guess let's just get into it because we originally were going to talk mainly about like the Saints and the Packers and the dynamics there, and then what happened? The New England Patriots just kind of went up and rocked the boat yep, even more. A little bit. Oh, my God. So, we'll start with their first big signing. Uh, former Titans tight end, Jonu Smith. Mm-hmm. Four years, $50 million. Includes 31 and a quarter million fully guaranteed. Okay, that's... You assumed they were going to go after a tight end because they were literally last in the league in tight end targets and yards and touchdowns and red zone targets yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. So, what did they do? They got two tight ends. Mm-hmm. Oh. Originally, when I just saw the John M. Smith one, it just seemed like, okay, I mean, that's not really going to put them over the top. I don't think he's really a number one tight end. I don't picture him that way. I feel like he's more of a, a high-end number two type of guy on a good team that already has a number one. And then they got the number one, in my opinion. It's Hunter Henry. Just It's like... Now they have two really decent, good tight ends that you would think this is the new Gronk Aaron Hernandez way of uh, Belichick's thinking. I, I I think if he truly believes, and apparently he has been saying and raving about Cam Newton still, which I don't completely I don't understand. Yeah. Um, if he's raving about Cam Newton, Cam Newton was good at finding his tight end Greg Olson when you know yeah. they, they were together. So he was also good at trying at finding uh, Christian McCaffrey. True, and we didn't really see much of that this we last year. Did not. Anyway, the Hunter Henry deal was. Three years, thirty-seven and a half million, which is basically the same as the four-year fifty million. It's twelve and a half million per year for each tight end. Yep, twenty-five million guaranteed. So, top tight ends on the Patriots. We will see where that goes. The highest-paid tight ends on a per-year basis right now: George Kittle at fifteen million. Worth it if he comes back and he's healthy, yes. and they get that offense rolling again. Yep. Travis Kelsey, $14.3 million, obviously worth the money. Tied for third, John O. Smith yeah. and Hunter Henry at $12.5 million each. So the New England Patriots have the numbers three and four tight ends <laughs> in money per year. Now, Austin Hooper is uh, just behind them at $10.5 million, which seems like a bit much. And then you have Darren Waller at $7.4 million, which seems like an amazing oh, yeah. bargain at that price. At this point, it is. I, I, again, I don't see the John Smith money there unless this combo works out. 
then I can see him being extremely valuable, and he may have a really fantastic year because you got two tight ends on the field at all times. Literally, they're going to be their number at least number two and number three receiver at this point. They don't have anything else that I like going forward. And that's kind of the point. We've got much more Patriot news, so we'll get to that, and then we can discuss the overall outlook of that offense. Uh, as I said, the tight ends for the Patriots, this is over the last two seasons, 65 catches, last <laughs> in the NFL, 32 fewer than 31st overall, yards, 673, 182 fewer than the next, targets, 87. This is two years, yeah. not just one, two yep. years, last, 33 fewer than the next, and touchdowns, three, last in the NFL, two fewer than the next. So Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, they don't have to do a lot to make that uh, positional group a lot better. And, uh, yeah. So, as you were saying, I don't like very much of what they've done else as far as yeah. wide receivers go. Yep. Uh, they did agree to terms with Nelson Aguilar. That could be something. Uh, I could see him <laughs> being something, but it's, he's not the guy that's no. going to be anything for them that's going to be fantastic. Kendrick Bourne is mainly a return specialist type of guy if I'm recalling correctly. He is okay on the field, but he's never I mean, he was on the 49ers, and you never really got that much fantasy production out of him at any rate. Uh, and I think some any any fantasy you did get out of him was from the kick returns and punt returns. Um so I don't know if it really Adds too much to them. I think he's going to be more of a specialist going forward for them. And I think the, he can get on the field, and it could be okay for them. Yeah, I think he'll be a, a very specified type of player. Mm. Uh, he'll be in on certain packages, and he'll be running certain yep. routes. And he could be very good at what they ask him to do, and I don't think they're going to ask him to do a lot. Um, that being said, here is the breakdown so far of what the Patriots done, which if you want to know, in less than 24 hours, the Patriots have guaranteed over $137.5 million, placing them second in NFL history for guaranteed money in a free agent signing period. And that could be blown away still yeah. if they sign a couple more people because at this point they've acquired Trent Brown, they re-signed Cam, they signed Matt Judon, Signed Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, David Godshaw, Jalen Mills. I'm a little a sad good, about that that's one. That's a good sign. That's a good sign for them. Yep. Henry Anderson away from the Jets. You can have I'm him. I never really liked him anyway. He was he, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, Dietrich Wise uh, re-signed, and Dante Hightower and yeah. Patrick Tunn are returning after yep. being off for COVID in 2020. Yeah. Also, apparently the Patriots are one of several teams interested in Leonard Fournette, mm -hmm. and maybe Chris Carson. <sighs> if and? if they got either one of those, it's an upgrade to what they have. Um, I don't know. I, I I just think this is clearly a sign to me that Belichick realized he can't do it on just his own nature of calling games and and making a great team just by being himself he knows now he doesn't have tom brady he needs to get pieces around him 
around Cam or whoever his quarterback is going to be. Apparently, right. it's going to be Cam Newton. He needs to get pieces other than just rely on Tom Brady doing everything for him because Tom Brady could win games for him without having a ton of stars around him. Now he needs the stars and he needs the firepower to actually be able to to win games at a consistent basis. Well, from what I heard, what I read was that the Patriots knew they were going to have a very, very tough time in 2020. So they just kind of did whatever. And they were preparing for 2021 in 2019. They I mean, knew the Brady wasn't going to be there. Yeah. So they, and they had a lot of people off on COVID. So I understand that. But again, it didn't seem like they were anywhere close to contending enough to where a couple signings of decent tight ends. One, I think, is a good one. The other one is you know, average or a little bit above average. But I don't know if that how much that actually helps them unless they're really, really going to include both of them on the year. And then they, they have to do something at the wide receiver position other than getting Ag- Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne um, to really make it better. But if they do go after Fournette or Carson, that will improve their team quite a bit. But sure. to me, I'd rather have Chris Carson at this point. And I think Leonard Fournette, has shown you enough, but again, it, you didn't see as much as you wanted to last yeah. year, the way he was on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but it, I'm sure, I'm sure Belichick saw Tom Brady have Fournette and said, "You know what? I'm going to steal that guy away from him." So maybe he'll do that. <laughs> maybe. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, I did hear that Tom Brady was the first person to call Leonard Fournette after he was released by the Jaguars. I don't know how. He ends up being the one guy that gets to talk to everybody anytime <laughs> somebody's like, "Hey, come on over. We got room for you." Okay, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that that's where we are with the Patriots. Um, if if I had to make a guess for twenty twenty one, I'm still not sold on Cam. So right. I don't think they are better than an eight and eight team. Maybe nine and seven, but missing the playoffs kind of a football team right now. I think it, it, right now I maybe agree with you on that. I think, though, if they sign one of these running backs, I think there's a possibility of them going 10-6. and six. Um, I don't know. They're just not good enough to win the Super Bowl. They really have to. I mean, it'd have to be a Belichick thing. So I do think yeah. he is one of the best co- uh, coaches in the league. I don't know how amazing he actually is because we've seen what he did with Tom Brady, and now Tom Brady's won a Super Bowl without him, so now Belichick has to try and one-up him, and I think that's what he's trying to do here. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt that. It will never, ever be known to you and I if that's what's going on. (laughs) No, absolutely not, no. Um, Anyway, well, let's move on to a couple of the teams that we were planning on talking about more in depth. Uh, one of those was the New Orleans Saints. A mm. um, lot of kind of whatevers, but it it begs the question. I don't have a lot for news up here, but there is more to think about. Yeah. Because the Saints restructured Taysom Hill's contract yep. to create cap room. Please understand this very carefully. The details are it's a four-year, $140 million contract extension. That sounds like starting quarterback money, but all years are voidable, and it saves them $7.5 million 
this year. Yeah. So they could void that contract and rework it anytime they wanted from here on out. So Taysom Hill is not going to just be automatically the man. They didn't pay him this year to be the starting quarterback. Plus they signed Jameis Winston yeah, to I, a one-year deal worth twelve up to $12 million. I think this is what's confusing me. Like we still don't know who is going to be the quarterback going forward for this right. team. Now I think Jameis Winston is probably the leading guy at this point because he he's just a quarterback and right. he's a, he's a gunslinger. We all know that, but he can make mistakes, and I think that's where Taysom Hill he makes he can make mistakes, but like he rather just run the ball if he has to. <laughs> yes. So. I think that's his mistake, uh, a freer upper. A freer <laughs> upper, yeah, say. sure, okay. Sure, um, because then he sees it and he's like, okay, I can't do that, and I, there's a little bit of a crease here, and he's going to run for it. Um, with Jameis Winston's just going to say, there's a little bit of crease there, I'm going to throw for it, and that's always a mistake with Jameis, at least it seems like it. Um, it's, it's just it's going to cause issues with said running back mm-hmm. of uh, Kamara, and that is going to be the main thing everyone's going to talk of about course. this offseason because you just had the best running back in the fantasy football league, and now what are you going to do? Yeah, if Taysom Hill really truly is the guy for him again in 2021, Alvin Kamara is going to slip in drafts. Now, he won't slip too far, I'm assuming. No. But I would still very seriously consider taking him anywhere after the fifth or sixth pick, even with Taysom Hill, because I I have to believe we have seen Sean Payton be a very intelligent coach. You would think that he would have an entire offseason and training camp coming up where he could make sure that Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara are simpatico, however you want to word it, because... He had to have seen what happened where Alvin Kamara wasn't getting touches for a few games when Taysom Hill was running yeah. the show. You cannot, you cannot run your team and have your best player on offense just kind of hanging out. I think what clouds his visions maybe slightly is that they were winning games True. the way they were doing it. And so maybe he feels like, well, as long as we're winning games, I don't care who we're using. But at the same time, how many games do you really plan on winning doing that type of strategy where you don't have your best player touching the ball nearly as many times as he probably should. And I do think his I think his touches are going to go down because no matter who the quarterback is, if it's Jameis or Taysom Hill, I don't believe the Saints will be it's – not, it's not Drew Brees, the dump-off king. Drew Brees was dump, 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 dump off, especially <laughs> this last year. And he was just he – was, he was doing it all the time. I, Jameis Winston does not like to dump the ball off. He likes to throw it. Taysom Hill does not like to dump the ball off. He likes to run it. Mm-hmm. We're going to see. We're going to see who the quarterback is, if it's going to be a you're going to be quarterback this week and you're <laughs> going to be quarterback this week and see what the matchups are. It's gonna, it, it could be absolute just fantasy hell, really. Yes, it could if, be. <laughs> if, if you have either one of the three players, you have Jameis or Taysom. Taysom can be very valuable because he can get a lot of points for you in fantasy land. But if you have either Taysom or Winston or Kamara, you're gonna sit. You're gonna be sitting in a very weird spot unless they really say he is the starting quarterback. 
no matter what, yeah. unless he gets hurt. And that, that's that's what they have to do. Otherwise, we're always going to be in the situation where we have no idea who we should start or, or if we should even start Kamara <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that that will be the topic for most of the offseason now until we get a clearer picture yeah. and we get some insight from Sean Payton or maybe even Alvin Kamara and Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill themselves. Maybe they'll shed some light on us uh, when it gets to – getting on the practice field and and getting an offense going somehow, some mm-hmm. way, because I want to know if I want to take that chance on Alvin Kamara in the first round if he slips, because, like I said, I believe that they will retailer that offense around Alvin Kamara like they should. Now, the thing was about the Saints that I didn't understand was why they didn't try and land one of those good tight ends <laughs> right they have nothing right now they dropped jared cook which is fine yeah they don't need they should, jared they cook. should have done that yeah. <laughs> but what do they have left it's no pass catching tight ends in new orleans and there's not a lot left out there and only zach Ertz is basically out there for trade at this point and he's been rumored to possibly be linked to the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a very interesting point after the Patriots did what they did. Are the Chiefs going to try and do the same thing? Then I would think that offense would be insane because they actually do have a somewhat number one wide receiver. I mean, he's a number one wide receiver. He's just not a typical number one because of how their offense is made. But if you throw Zach Ertz as the number two tight end in Kansas City and he stays healthy, it may eat into Travis Kelsey. Um, That's a true – that's a good point. And I think a lot of people would have to look at that if that does happen. Um, I don't know. Man, it makes you you wonder how that offense will be because it will just be the three guys. Yeah. that's. I mean, their running backs really weren't anything – to uh, write home about. I mean, nope. I didn't really like uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that much this last year. Uh, we kind of both were like, man, we think he can be good, but he's a rookie. Let's mm, find yep. out. And, you know, he did have some flashes in the he pen. Did. And it is it is what it is. There's a possibility he could still be good for that team. But if they get another tight end, such as Zach Ertz, and we could be talking about Hill, Ertz, and Kelsey, and – it's going to be high-powered offense. Yes. You would you would expect it to be anyway. Yep, not that they weren't already, but right. I, I, yeah, I don't know how much they can uh, feed the ball around if that were the case. Anyway, we have the Patriots. We've had the Saints. Now let's go to another team that hasn't done a lot in free agency, but there was a little bit of a surprise. I'm not sure where you were on this, Tom. <laughs> I did not expect the Packers to re-sign Aaron Jones. I know no. they wanted to, but I did not know that they would be able to do it. Four years, $48 million, and only a $13 million signing bonus. So that might tell you a little something. Uh, his contract is fully guaranteed through 2022, so they got at least two more seasons out of Aaron Jones, which, yep. guess what, is part of that window that Aaron Rodgers is probably still a part of. Yeah, no, for sure, I completely agree with that. I think Williams is not coming back, so we no, know that it's going to be signed with the Lions. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> that just happened today. Okay, um, 
Yeah, he, Williams obviously isn't coming back. So you got Aaron Jones, you got Dylan now, and I think Dylan showed enough to be the number two. I was concerned for the Packers mm-hmm. if they didn't sign Aaron Jones because I didn't think Dylan was going to be good enough to take the role, and Williams it was never good enough to take that role. I think I think Dylan does become that guy in the near future. So I think it's a smart signing to get Aaron Jones for at least a couple more years. Now I know it's a four year deal, but they, they have two more years out of him before everything goes non-guaranteed. And then we talk about maybe a a Dylan at that point. Yep. Um, So with him fully guaranteed through 2022 and assuming Aaron Rodgers is extended and guaranteed through 2023, (laughs) the Packers first two picks last season, Jordan Love and Dylan. Yep. will all be but be assured backup roles throughout their rookie contracts, which is not what you typically strive for when you draft somebody that high. You expect to get some uh, some kind of play out of them, whether it be a starter or at least meaningful minutes. And If, if all that was was to draft these guys early to get – a fire underneath <laughs> of Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers, then it's completely worth it. They were Super Bowl worthy. They should have been. They yeah. were Super Bowl worthy team this last year. Didn't happen, but they could have made it. And I think a lot, almost all of it, it lies on Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. And obviously, the defense had something to do with it. Other than Adams, I mean, he had a big right. part of it in it as well. But a lot of that's still Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. But I mean, without them two players, Jones and Rodgers, they they might not even make the playoffs. So to say that you drafted these two guys and you're not going to use them, it almost doesn't mean anything as long as Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones continue to do the thing that they do so well. Now for the bad news. Mm -hmm. Bad news for the Packers. Good news for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Corey Lindsley, the center, has now switched and is going to go to the Chargers, which means... It's worst to first for Justin Herbert because their 2020 center, Dan Feeney, allowed the most hurries and pressures of any center last year. Corey Lindsley, however, allowed the fewest hurries and pressures of any center last year. So that is going to be huge for Justin Herbert. Yes. Going to be a problem for Aaron Rodgers, I think. Depending on who they get to replace him. Because that was, I was with my brother and uh, my dad the other day. They're both Packer fans. And I had, they, my brother was talking about, you know, Lindsey, they haven't signed him yet, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just, it, he knew how big of a deal that yep. was as well because it is. You got to have a center. I mean, you, I, talking about centers, I mean, Kevin Mawai for the New York Jets, as a Jets fan, the guy was great, Nick Mangold. Without them two guys, the Jets would have had zero success. I mean, we oh, yeah. still didn't have a lot, but enough success to where you knew them two guys were fantastic centers. And if without a fantastic center, your team, your offensive line in general, just disintegrates around it. That is the key position on your offensive line, that you have to have a good center. Uh, yeah, and Corey Lindsley had 700 snaps last year. A minimum was 700 snaps. He had one hurry and four pressures. That's insane. Dan Feeney had 24 hurries and 33 (laughs) pressures. So 
we already know offensive line is a uh, very, very high priority for most teams. Uh, you were talking about your your centers, Mangold, Mawai, yeah. Jason Kelsey for the Eagles yep. for the last decade yep. has been amazing. Uh, he had a couple of off years, but we've got different problems that we need to take <laughs> care of. But speaking of yeah. offensive linemen, we already talked about the Chiefs for a minute with the rumors of Zach Ertz. There are no rumors. It is official. The Pats offensive lineman Joe Tooney, five-year, $80 million deal with the Chiefs. So that shores up uh, a nice position there for the Chiefs on the offensive line. Yeah. They were rumored to be uh, on Trent Williams too, but he still ended up re-signing with the 49ers. I think it was like six years, $138 million, something like that. And that brings him to like age 38. So he's probably going to be a 49er for life. But the Chiefs did get a, a good offensive lineman because they lost kind of a couple, and we all saw what happened in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was atrocious. Yeah. So Joe Tooney should be able to help that out just a little bit. I think the another question you have to think about when it comes to that type of thing is Tooney was on the Patriots, and we just talked about the Patriots signing these guys. And right. They haven't signed a, a Offensive lineman, to my knowledge, yet have they? They, um, they had a, they a linebacker and wide receivers. I didn't see them signing a notable offensive lineman. Yeah, anyway. nothing amazing. So Trent I, Brown. Okay, yeah, I, I that's all right then. Yeah, but I could still see there being more pressure on Cam, and Cam's going to try and do things that he probably doesn't want to do or shouldn't do, and he could end up making mistakes. Well, we're going to find out, but that was just something I was thinking about when you see somebody yes. leave after somebody just had a bunch of signings. You're like, okay, well, how's that going to work then? Because mm -hmm. offensive line is the best and most key position in football, and I don't know how many times I've said it, but if I had a bunch of draft picks. <laughs> I'd just be getting a bunch of offensive linemen, and I wouldn't even care because you never know which one's going to flop. And yeah. if you have another rookie that doesn't flop, hey, put him in there and see how he does. Because offensive line is, I mean, just look at the Cowboys from uh, the years that they won the Super Bowl. Right. They had the best offensive line probably of all time. I can't honestly remember an offensive line that was any better than that. You just gaping holes for Emmett Smith <laughs> and then lots of time for uh, Aikman to throw to basically just Michael Irving at that point. <laughs> but, right. But, I mean, it was just – you can, you can tell – that it creates a ton of success when you have offensive linemen. So it's just something to think about when you got Tooney leaving the Patriots. And then the Chiefs, if if they can get the Tooney type of thing that they got out of the Patriots from him, they're going to be pretty good. I mean, he's going to get more time to be able to actually right. look at some reads other than just, oh, shoot, I have to scramble and hope I can make a miracle play. Because he can do that, but it would be nice if he didn't have to. <laughs> so would be nice. Mm. Um, well, let's move on to one of the most intriguing oh, this is just amazing. signings of the <laughs> entire offseason. The Bears <sighs> have signed QB Andy Dalton mm. to a one-year $10 million deal with a chance to earn another $3 million in incentives. And apparently this was after they threw everything at the Seahawks to try and get Russell Wilson. The rumor is... The offer was three first-round picks, a third, and two starters. I don't know who those starters were. <laughs> I would have had to imagine it was Nick Foles because who would the Seahawks have as a quarterback after that? And then yeah. another starter. What could it possibly have been? The Seahawks 
denied them, and now the Bears have Andy Dalton, the red rifle, <laughs> at QB. Uh, My question is, and I know that either way you put it at this point, there's going to be Bears fans and, and, and people talking about it that are going to negatively say no matter what. But why wouldn't you just try to go after somebody like Sam Darnold instead of getting somebody you know can't have success? At least Sam Darnold, there was at least a wonder there. Andy Dalton, there's no success written in his future. He, he's Obviously, they're just doing a one-year thing. Do they just plan on being absolutely terrible and so that – this, after this one year is over, they can get the draft pick that they want. Why Why even sign a quarterback at that point? There's no reason for this. He's not going to make them successful. You saw what he did with extremely talented wide receivers last year with the Dallas Cowboys, and he couldn't He couldn't succeed. No. He's not going to succeed with the Bears. It's not going to it, – that can't be their answer. They have to find something else. Uh, I had it at the very bottom, I believe, of my notes. Maybe I didn't even put it on my notes. Um, let's look. Yeah, I don't even think it's on there. So I'll just go into it right now. I thought after the Dalton signing and the missing out on Russell Wilson, I just thought, why? If the Bears think they are close, and they made the playoffs, so it's not like they had a horrible team. They franchised Allen Robinson. They've got Cole Komet coming up in the wings. We talked about yep. him a couple episodes ago. Yeah, I agree with that. Why did they not go for Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> I thought that was a perfect place for Fitzpatrick to go if, on a one-year deal. If you're going to sign Andy Dalton, why wouldn't you try to get Fitzpatrick? He's a better quarterback. Yes. He, everything about him is better. Literally everything, every category you can think of. Yes. If you're mapping out a Madden uh things where you get all these stats lined up <laughs> every single one of them he's at least flat even with Dalton yeah there's no reason to not go harder after somebody like Fitzpatrick if it's just going to be a one-year deal just go get the guy I mean and it's, it adds another list of teams to Fitzpatrick's because uh, he was never on the Bears before correct? oh no no this is <laughs> this is number nine so uh, yeah he's adding to his yeah, well, he's, record he's still adding yeah and all he's got to do is get another touchdown, so that'll add to the record of number of teams he's yes. a touchdown for, all that good stuff. So I, I just I really didn't understand why they didn't go harder after Ryan Fitzpatrick. That, yep. that being said, Ryan Fitzpatrick is on the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. And the Washington football team ended up being the best team in the NFC East last year. <laughs> Doesn't say much, but Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Is oh, going to yeah. be a hot commodity. <laughs> if Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starter all year, he is going to get a ton of targets. Not that he wouldn't with other quarterbacks, yeah. but Ryan Fitzpatrick at least knows how to get it to his wide receivers as good or better than most average quarterbacks in the National Football League. So, Terry if McLaurin, McLaurin is sitting there in drafts and he's not been drafted and it's your turn and you just say, you know what? I have a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason for you to pass him up at this point. I mean, he's already going to go semi-high as it is. But he is he's definitely worth a little more if Fitzpatrick is under center or more likely in shotgun because that's what Fitzpatrick yeah, likes to do. <laughs> but uh, it, I, there's no question that I, – I guess there is a, a little bit of a question. Well, of course. Because I, I – 
I don't know why they didn't want to continue on with Alex Smith. Do you think that Alex Smith is worse for your team than Fitzpatrick? Yes, 100%. (sighs) I I love Alex Smith. He had the best story in the NFL last year, but I do not see him as the Alex Smith we used to know. He would need that amazing offensive line right now to get back to where he was and there's not many teams that could or need to sign him that have a good enough offensive line to make him productive. Yeah, I suppose. I it, I just feel like he has – I can't say that either. I was going to say <laughs> the, the more football smarts because I know Fitzpatrick has football smarts. Yes, he does. He's got smarts all around. But I, it's it becomes difficult for me because I do think it's a different type of quarterback. One is a game manager where you can have success that way, and the other one is a complete – <laughs> just whatever happens, happens kind of guy. And I like both of them, but I think you can have more consistent success with somebody who is more of a game manager. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, if if Alex Smith went to a team that had a an amazing defense and an average offensive line, he could probably get them to the playoffs. Maybe. I don't know. He, he already he, did. <laughs> I'm sorry. For anybody in podcast land that isn't watching this on Twitch, I gave Tom quite the look there. Um, Not sure exactly what leading a team means in his eyes, but... He got them to the playoffs. No. (laughs) We can can talk Washington football team later, but it was the defense. Um, Anyway, so let's move along to the team that the Washington football team probably... Gave the biggest challenge to in the playoffs. The only team to give the Buccaneers a run. The Buccaneers gave an extension to Brady. Yeah. And guess what? Rob Gronkowski's back too. No. No. And they're working on Indomitian Sioux, mm-hmm. Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. James White. Interesting. And possibly bringing back Leonard Fournette, who apparently has offers, we already told you, from the Patriots and the Seahawks. So, Mm -hmm. not a done deal to get any of those guys. I would imagine that Antonio Brown is the only place he could go is Tampa Bay right now. uh, Because there's stuff looming in 2021 for him. So, we don't know even if he'll get a full season in. But, there we go. Uh, They're not done yet. Uh, They re-signed Shaq Barrett, so... The Bucks are basically going to be returning the same football team that they had last year, maybe plus an interesting guy like James White, because if he goes back and he hooks up with Tom Brady too, we all know what James White can do in a backfield for Tom Brady. Yeah, I completely agree with that. There's nothing else we, <laughs> there's nothing else we have to really. We don't want to talk about the Bucks for too long. No, it's just Tom Brady. No, so. Mind. If you don't want to talk about the Bucks, do you yes. want to talk about the Jets? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, let's start with the the bad, the weird. Um, apparently, the Jets weren't just uninterested in the best center in football last year. Yep. They never even called to check on his price. Has it gives me a? It just makes me have this theory. Mm. I mean, I understand why it's head scratching because he was possibly the best center in the league, but. With that number two pick, makes me feel like they're just going to go get themselves a center. <laughs> like, yeah, we really like the center mm. that we have an eye on. We're just going to go get that. 
which I'm all for. I'm all for that because I really don't want to pick a quarterback with that mm. pick. We'll but, get there. there. There's some new yeah, few yeah. lines down. Um, so what the good news is for the Jets, um, I know you've been an, an advocate of this player in fantasy football, though he yeah. kind of trailed off a little yeah, bit he here did, and there, but it's not that bad of a deal. No. Corey Davis, three-year deal including a $2 million signing bonus, base salaries of $7 million, $13 million, and $10.5 million for the mm-hmm. next three years. Yep. Not bad. Yep. And a $5 million roster bonus due on the fifth day of the league this year. So the cap hits aren't terrible, but the wide receiver market, this is what I'm confused about right here, is <laughs> there are still a ton of wide receivers that have not signed anywhere. They yeah. all thought that they were going to get upwards of $20 million, and it's not happening. So... Guys like Juju and Curtis Samuel and Kenny Galladay, they are all still without contracts. Yep. So apparently the Jets really liked what they saw from Corey Davis and just went out and got him. What yeah. do you think? Uh, he's not a fantastic wide receiver, but for what we have, I think he is perfectly able to fit into our system. And there's a lot of things we got to fix. I mean, a lot of things we got to build up and make better. Uh, and he can be definitely a start to that. And I, we, few episodes ago we talked about the possibility of Corey Davis going to the Jets and I was not opposed to it right I do want to see him and maybe get uh, Perryman sign him back um, something like that Perryman I the Jets were still interested in uh, trying to get him back a couple days ago and I don't know if there's any breaking news uh, out there about Perryman yet but I think that would be fine as long as Perryman stays healthy because that's the biggest thing. We, we didn't get enough out of Perryman, and I think, like I said, I think Mims is going to have a fantastic year this year. It was just them three, I'd be okay with it. I wouldn't mind to see a, another big-name wide receiver come out forward for the New York Jets. If that were to happen, then I'd say just don't worry about the wide receiver position in the draft too much. You right. might want to pick something up later on, but really focus on the offensive line. We need more offensive line than it still was. It was better last year. It was no doubt about it, but it still wasn't good enough. We need better. And we have to focus on the defense too, because we traded and got rid of a lot of guys True. that were bigger names that were to have success on other, other teams as well. But uh, yeah, we definitely just have to, you know, focus on the offensive line primarily. And I know that we're probably going to pick up a quarterback and I just don't want to, I just don't (laughs) think it's worth the time. Well, uh, for the jets, they began free agency with roughly 68 million cap space after Corey Davis and Jared Davis. Yeah. Not a bad signing there either. They were left with right around 50 million. Then they signed Carl Lawson, which I think is a good signing as well. His was three years, $45 million with $30 million guaranteed, up to $47.4 million. Big deal, big deal. But if he can be a, a bookend with somebody else, it, yeah. it would be a very, very good signing. We just need more. Right. That's all it really comes down to. Don't Just don't hold back. There's no reason to hold back. We just get more. If it's, it comes in the offseason or if it comes in the draft, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me as long as we solidify each and every position on that team. But we don't know. We don't know how the Jets are going to handle it. We don't even know if Sam Donald's going to be the quarterback. I know that they're trying to trade him away and whatnot, so we'll see what happens. Anyway, what do all three of those guys have in common? They are all 26 years old. Mm. 26. Mm-hmm. If you're going to spend money, on some young guys, mm-hmm. 
get them all while they're in their prime under 30. This looks to me like Joe Douglas has a plan. He does. And this is how you do it. And it's about time. It's about time you actually see something like that to where there is a plan. You can (laughs) see the plan. Where before it's like we have a plan. Well, what's the plan? Well, we can't show you. (laughs) We want to know what's going on, you know. And this is more obvious of a plan to where you can see he's going after young guys who have proven at least a little bit uh, with Corey Davis. You know, it's still still a little out in the woods with him. We don't know for sure. But – it's it's nice to see that you're not just signing big names who right. had a huge year one time and now he's 35 years old. <laughs> we don't need to do that anymore. Get the names that have had success that are younger that can still have success. We don't need to do that that whole get the old guy again type of thing. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to bookend this with another bad part of news. Uh, apparently, uh, somebody was asking around on Sam Darnold and the sense he got from scouts, coaches, and executives is that the perception of him among fans and some in the media is significantly higher than those inside the league. Quote, he stinks, bro, said one offensive coach. <laughs> he stinks, bro, because he had the worst <laughs> offensive coach of all time. Yeah. I'm telling you, it will change. It doesn't. If he goes to a different team and he is the starter, and it's not somebody with the last name Gase, he's going to have a much more success. It, it, it's flat out just going to happen, hundred percent. Yeah, if you do the googly eyes thing, but it, it's just it, there's no way you can get any information off of the last couple of years out of not Sam really. Darnold because of the coaching it was just awful, especially this last year. At least two years ago. Sam Darnold made things happen when it, it despite Gase. It, it, that's what was happening two years ago. Last year, he couldn't do anything. And, yeah, some of that relies on Sam Darnold, and maybe he did have a step back, but it wouldn't have been a step back if Adam Gase wasn't the head coach. It just constantly just garbage play calls. If you're a Jets fan, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's move on. Uh, a couple more, well, One is the lack of signings. Uh, We were talking about the Titans not that long ago being a powerhouse in the AFC. Well, they're down Arthur Smith, Mm. Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Jadavion Clowney, a wasted first-round pick last year. (laughs) And we haven't seen them doing anything, although I did see them sign Anthony Ferkser to a one-year deal. Okay, well... Uh, that's something anyway. That's uh, something. That's something. So I'm a little concerned about the direction the Titans are going in. I'm not really concerned about Derrick Henry um, no. or A.J. Brown. If, if anything, A.J. Brown is just going to get even more targets. Uh, so I don't think there's anything bad in fantasy football world going on from the main three on that team. But. Mostly just concerned about their defense. Can they recover from the guys they don't have now? Right. Because that defense wasn't, you know, it wasn't fantastic, but – if it's not fantastic and you get rid of three guys that are actually pretty good, <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, going forward, they have to get something. And maybe that's what their plan is for the uh, for the draft, but they haven't really done anything of note in the free agency yet. So, Yep. Um, the Raiders, uh, they signed Yannick Ngakwe and mm. just signed veteran wide receiver John Brown. So something. it's... I, I just something. there's something about the Raiders. <laughs> I just can't get on board with it. Every time I think Raiders, I think, oh, John Brown. Oh, John. Oh, he mm. went to the Raiders. Oh man, it just doesn't. 
He's basically replacing Tyrell Williams. Yeah. that's kind yeah. of the player he was. Uh, Tyrell Williams, I believe, signed with the Lions. Uh, Marvin Jones is gone. He, I believe, signed with the Jaguars. So, you know, some role players. You know, Marvin Jones had his uh, time in fantasy last year when Kenny Galladay was not on the field. And speaking of Kenny Galladay, here's some free agents that have not found homes yet. Uh, the list I had here, uh, we can scratch Trent Williams off there. He got signed by the Niners, but Kenny Galladay, Juju, yep. Chris Carson, yep. Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, Jadavion mm. Clowney, Carlos Dunlap, and I believe Shaq Griffin got signed by the Jaguars as well, mm. but don't quote me on that yeah, one. I'm not sure either. He was not one of the big ones that I was looking at. So uh, there are a lot of guys still available, especially on offense. Usually those are the guys that go – immediately so i'm really i'm really confused i guess i would say why these guys haven't had more uh, numbers or teams uh in the news saying oh yeah we're interested then the only one that i really know of is kenny galladay was showing uh interest from the new york giants and i was like Whatever you can have him because you can't do anything with the wide receivers you got. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're going to do with Kenny Galladay. Right. I, I think part of it is there's just a lot. There's a lot of guys, and they're probably all looking at each one of them. It's like, well, do we want Fuller? Do we want you know Davis at that point? Um, um, do we want Curtis Samuel or Juju? <laughs> like, I, I think Juju's gone. I really do. Oh yeah. And uh, we kind of talked about that weeks ago, but I think that I don't think. There's no point for him to stay. The the are the Patriots, the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers have enough wide receiver help that they don't really need him, and so I don't think they're going to make that big of a push to try and get Juju back. Yep, and he apparently has told teammates that he's likely to sign elsewhere. Exactly. Not that we didn't already think that, yeah. but so let's end on something that if it were to have happened about. Six years ago, we would be like, oh, my God, how can a team get this good? The Arizona Cardinals are apparently working on a deal to sign A.J. Green. (laughs) If you would have thought just a few years ago to have A.J. Green and Larry Fitzgerald on the same roster, you'd be like, that's not fair. Now you're like, uh, okay. and, yeah, um, that's nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, next. Well, even like, when, when did Hopkins come out and just was like amazing that first year that he was there, I think AJ green was still good. Yep. And Fitz, uh, Fitz, uh, Gerald was still pretty good. Having all three of them on that oh, team man. for that one year would have been like, that, oh, that's been, not, that is not fair. No, that would have been completely <laughs> unfair, but here we are, 2021, A.J. Green is an afterthought for most people. I no. mean, not that it wouldn't be a bad signing because I, they don't need him to be productive like he used to be. I didn't see, did Fitzgerald end up signing again? I just, I don't think he ever. He hasn't made a decision yet? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's still a possibility that he could just slip into that Larry Fitzgerald That's probably what he they're hoping retire. for. Like, if it doesn't work out, then whatever. But. Right. Well. Um, that is it for big free agent news right now. Uh, obviously there's still a lot of guys and Mm -hmm. once they sign, we will bring it to you. Um, I I wish there would have been a little bit more offense to talk about. We were talking about, 
guys that re-signed and signed uh, on some teams that shake some things up, a lot of the news was just New England Patriots. Yeah. And I didn't want that to be what we talked about the most today. <laughs> Unfortunately, they were the ones making headlines, so that's what we got to give you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's just say uh, thank you for watching on Twitch. Thank you for listening in podcast land and uh we'll bring you uh, all the new free agent signings and the draft's getting closer so we're gonna have to start talking about draft stuff um yeah thanks tom i see what you're doing back there uh yeah go ahead and disregard that if you're listening um if you're watching you know no idea what we're no doing no idea what's going on since we're finally all in the same room and this is week two and we're still working on how it looks but Eventually, we will find where we like it, and uh, then it'll be nice and refined. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to stay fueled up during free agency.